Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I'm the co-host of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. And I'm Ab Sinensky, and I'm the other co-host of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. This week, we wanted to do a podcast discussing episode four of the rehearsal, and we were especially excited because we had booked a big guest. But we wanted to make sure that everything went smoothly with our guests and that she would have a really good time. And we've learned from the rehearsal that the best way to ensure that an interaction goes well is to rehearse it so that you're prepared for every possible scenario. So before we recorded the actual podcast with our actual guest, we hired a professional podcaster to portray our guest. Now, in order to ensure that our actor would be able to accurately portray our guest, we first had our actor start his own podcast with our guest and record 75 episodes with her so that he would learn her mannerisms and podcast performances. Our actor learned that our guest was a big fan of a sitcom called New Girl, which aired on Fox from 2011 to 2018. And so he began recording a podcast with her about that show as a way to really delve into how she performed when she's on a podcast. After they had recorded 75 episodes, our actor felt he was finally ready to portray our guest on the rehearsal episode of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. And so thus prepared. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, can we end this fucking conversation now? I'm Av Sadensky, and Alex, you're a fucking disaster, my guy. Okay, we go. Well, well I sh- shouldn't do. Shouldn't Allie say the line? Yeah, you, you, are, you, are, you are. You are. You're doing it as you're, you're Allie. Allie. You're Allie. Remember? Hi, I'm Allie Lasher, and you did cocaine. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, and presently a The Rehearsal podcast. We are here today. Hey, to- you got the name of the show right. Yep. We are here today to discuss episode four, The Fielder Method, which originally aired on August fifth. 2022 we have a very special guest this week and ali the pressure's on because with this podcast if the performance isn't good you could ruin a person's life <laughs> it's true <laughs> i'm thrilled to be here guys because i was supposed to be here episode one and i would have been most useful episode one and i feel like as the season has gone on i've become less and less useful and in fact this is probably the one i'm least qualified to contribute to but as a show i'm obsessed with the show and i'm happy to be here as an evangelist for the show when Fake Alley announced that she felt unqualified to be on this episode, it threw us for a loop. How could we go on with a guest who felt herself unqualified to be here? But fortunately, our numerous rehearsals had us prepared. And I feel like as the season has gone on, I've become less and less useful. And in fact, this is probably the one I'm least qualified to contribute to. Hey, you may feel unqualified, but we feel you're eminently qualified, and we're so happy for you to be here with us. And with that, Av had rescued the show, reassuring the guest, and we were off to the races. We ended up recording dozens of times with our actor, going through every possible scenario. Mike, come with guys, Thomas. Mike, come with guys, the actor playing the fake Nathan. Mike, come with guys, Joshua as Adam. Even the most unlikely ones. Mike, come with guys, Donald Trump. And with that, 
we were prepared to welcome our real. All right, can we do a redo, please? Well, you could just you could just go, and then we could just cut this out. No, but you won't cut it out. Alex won't cut it out. No, no, he will. He will. He will. He will. I will. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, can we end this fucking conversation now? I'm Av Sedensky, and Alex, you're a fucking disaster, my guy. Did, did you can, we st- st- can we do it over? You like, said I- this was not your first time. And while it was indeed not her first time, it was not our first time either. And so we were prepared and ready to roll with the punches. And the real Allie executed perfectly on the next try. Now I'm Allie Lasher. You did cocaine? Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, and presently a The Rehearsal podcast. We are here today. To hey, discuss... you got the name of the show right. We are here today to discuss episode four, The Fielder Method, which originally aired on August 5th, 2022. We have a very special guest this week, and Allie, the pressure's on, because with this podcast, if your performance isn't good, you could ruin a person's <laughs> life. <laughs> it's true. I, I'm thrilled to be here because... I was supposed to be here episode one. What Allie didn't know is that the reason we had cut her from episode one was that the actor portraying her wasn't yet ready to do so. And I would have been most useful episode one. And I feel like as the season has gone on, I've become less and less useful. And in fact, this is probably the one I'm the least qualified to contribute anything to. But as hey, you may feel unqualified, but we feel you're eminently qualified and we're so happy for you to be here with us. As a show, I am obsessed with the show and like I'm I'm happy to be here to be an evangelist for the show. Why do you feel like you're the least qualified for this episode? Well, because this is like a real turning point. Like I feel like last week you guys said that last week's episode was really a setup, but this week is like sort of the darkest turn so far and and the furthest away from the show's conceit it goes. Like now we're not doing any like there was obviously like a turn where we weren't so focused on like the rehearsals and Nathan's involved, but now like we're taking like even another meta step of like coaching the actors. And it's just like a real delve into deep dive into like extreme empathy and morality. And like, I have no business here talking about that. (laughs) I have neither morals nor empathy. Well, none of us do, but I would say that the, uh, the question that's probably on everybody's mind is, is this, uh, episode four of our the rehearsal podcast or is this episode one of ally in the middle <laughs> no i i thought you were gonna say do people know how many times we recorded this already just so it would go perfectly well this is like oh. what, the 37th time of course we, i we mean we're nailing ad- this well i mean i've done about 37 because i did several with fake Av and with fake ally and then i did several <laughs> where i was off to see how he reacted right. and i was ally and then you know i'm sure you guys have done the same so <laughs> I've done all those permutations as well, yeah. and and then some. This is not relevant because that was a good joke, and I'm going to take it too seriously. But have you guys ever lost a podcast and then needed to re-record it about the same topic? Kanai Nahara, no, not not on this with with, with the Kiva I have, but not oh, that, ever, makes, that ever. makes sense. It yeah. is honestly having to do it once is like I understand why that guy with the grandpa quit <laughs> because it's like <laughs> exhausting to go with, like I feel like it's not. I'm not appreciating how like truly exhausting it is to be one of the subjects of this forget nathan i don't even know what, what i mean i have no idea how much they did that we don't even see right 
Like what percent oh, yeah. is, you know, I said this before. I think the editing of the show must be so challenging because I can't imagine how much actual, how much they've recorded versus what we actually see. Cause it's gotta be through the roof. And, and so, and so what these people's reactions are, we don't even know because we don't even know how much, there, and maybe there has been as much as I think, I don't know, but I assume there's been a ton. So can I just say something about the show generally? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not interested in getting into no? No, you can't. a conversation. <laughs> no, we're only talking about this episode. <laughs> I'm not interested in getting into a conversation with anyone about the merits of Lin-Manuel Miranda, but I'm going to use it as an example okay. based on my opinion. Okay. Like when I've seen Lin-Manuel Miranda perform on stage, his own material, I feel overwhelmingly like, wow, this is watching a modern day genius, like live, be a genius. Like, like, it's like, if you think of like the great, like artists of history and genius of history, it's like, wow, there are a few people where you're experiencing their work now. And it's like, wow, this is like a big deal. However you feel about Hamilton or Lemuel Miranda, whatever. So that's how you feel I'm, appearing on our podcast. As well. Right, exactly. I'm watching this show and I am, I don't think it's a perfect sh- I mean, I did say it was a perfect show after episode one, but I'm not saying that it's perfect and it's, you know, above reproach or above criticism or commentary. But there's just something about watching these four episodes where I am just constantly like, holy shit, Nathan. And not only just Nathan, every person who's working on the show is operating on an artistic level that I can like, I'm getting maybe 10% of it, you know? Like it is just so amazing to watch. And that's what I love about this show. I think that's right. And I think it, it it's, it's even more the case, like with every episode, you know, there's just more and more layers of the onion and, yeah. and, and, and it's so confusing. And you said, like, we're getting further away from the conceit of the show. You're, we're just getting further away from from what we had thought it was. But, you know, each episode just takes it to another place. But I think we're we're going, obviously, where Nathan wants to go. Well, yeah. Yes, but sorry. Go ahead. I mean, no, 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 I, I know. I mean, I agree with both of you. There's, there's just like a certain thrill in like you're just like watching something and you just like you can't even imagine where it might go next. Like anything is on the table. Like it goes off the board, um, you know, even with like Curb, which goes in wacky directions, like, you know, we could generally anticipate the general world in which these things are going to occur. And here it's just like every week is like outdoes the previous one. When he was setting up last week, the scenario where the guy is going to be in the exact scenario he is rehearsing for, like with the person he is rehearsing with. And you guys talked about it that like, you know, through the power of suggestion, it becomes like his own idea or like, it's like manipulation. But, but like, I, I, my jaw was on the floor when I was watching that. Like that is the most, to not only think about doing that, but achieving it, it's really just however they're doing this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it's really astounding. Um, I'm, you know, riveted moment by moment as I'm watching this show. Just like, what's he going to do now? What is how does this guy's brain work? Um, it's like the commitment to all of this from everyone involved is just like I'm not I would not be that committed to this. I would have given up uh, on core. You will, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Well, the, the, you just mentioned giving up. And that's sort of how I feel about, you know, Jim Crumley in our in our chat for this group has talked about sort of how much of this is is Nathan sort of knew ahead of time and he's orchestrating all of this and how much of it is just sort of Nathan rolling with the punches and seeing what happens and reacting to that. Right. And I was trying to think about that, you know, as I watch. But then, like, 
when Nathan pretends to be Thomas going back to class for the first day and he's thinking aloud on voiceover while looking at the cameras and then he goes to sign the appearance release, etc. Like it's just I, I sort of I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stop thinking about that because it's just going to make my head hurt. It's like we, <laughs> it, 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 we're too, too deep into like. I, I don't know. It's just like, wh- how many worlds are we in? Which world are we in? Like, you know, like how did they sort of chart out the show, like the storyboarding for it? Right. In any given moment, could like Nathan tell you like who he, who he is and what he's doing and what's going on? And could everybody else or everybody's right. like, I'm just going to film this and Nathan will tell us later what's happening. <laughs> but that's to me, the genius of the show is that you think it's being done in a way where you think it could be him rolling with the punches. And in a way, it couldn't possibly be him rolling with the punches. Like, this has to be so well executed. And at least everything that can be in their control has to be so controlled for it to appear so uncontrolled. And I mean, I don't work in television, so maybe not. But like, I just feel like that's the genius of it is that you're like, this can't be, this can't work like this if it's so exact. And yet it couldn't work if it wasn't so exact. And that's what's a headache. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, there has to be some element of improvisation. Like, you can't map out exactly everything that's going on here. But I can certainly see there is, some, you know, probably some big picture steering of things. Or even just the edit, right? Like, okay, when out of nowhere, this episode, when Angela, her name's Angela, right? She's yep. like, um, you know, did you ever hate one of your parents? I hated my dad. I turned to drugs. And then that's where the episode goes, right? Like. That's yeah. So do, I'm, do, I'm making a hand gesture that's not going to read on the button. Yeah. No, we got <laughs> no. you. We got you. Everyone. Knows. Well, but I, I would ask Jim Crumley. You know, let us know. Like, or maybe he'll let us know in the, in the postman. I don't know. But like, does he think that that was Nate, where Nathan was going all along? Because, or, or and it was just you know he found the perfect edit of Angela talking about how much she hated her dad, or, or was that something that you know Nathan reacted to? I, I I don't know the answer to that. What do you guys think? Well, I'm with what you said last time, which is like, we just can't think about it because it's so like, I I believe I probably feel like based on what I'm getting from you guys that I think it's the most structured scripted of the three of us. Like I would say 70, 30, 80, 20. Interesting. Um, But maybe. Yeah. I just, I I really just don't know. Um, I I certainly buy that. There's a lot of steering wheel going on here. Um, but I, you know, scripted is like a bit tough to pull off. Not scripted, sorry, but like choreographed. I mean, yeah, look, no, they're no, filming Angela twenty four hours a day. Right. So like, and then they're pulling what's relevant. I'm not saying like she's scripted, although. And you guys have talked about it. What's fascinating is the subjects, particularly of this episode, where they're actors. Like how how much are the are the subjects doing for the show like where right. angela when he's like do you want to go back to him being six and angela's right. like why and she's like well whatever you think is best for the show she's seemingly like checked out of it as an experience more than it is a tv opportunity right yeah and there's always an element to which you know awareness of cameras makes people just like follow the lead of like the guy who seems to be in charge and he's saying okay here's what's gonna happen next and like okay he seems to be the director of this show that i'm on so you know that's what we're gonna go with um so it's like and like he we we have that moment in the first episode where he like acknowledges like the power dynamic that he has over her uh because of like their respective roles in this whatever this is and is it a show is it real i guess that's you know the whole thing that this is trying to explore and you know whether those are the same things you know you repeat something enough times does that become the real thing 
which seems to work for fascism, but I don't know if it works for this stuff. The other thing that is just an overarching statement, like I hate Angela. <laughs> I don't think that's like unpopular, <laughs> but like I think he does such an amazing job where like, you know, people don't like Nathan for you, the critics. And I think this was like at least a conversation with the first episode here is like the ethics of it. And like the Nathan for you people were just like good people, like, trying to operate small businesses (laughs) and here i feel like he's done a really good job of picking people to be involved who are just the right amount of unlikable like the anti-semite angela um angela's (laughs) boyfriend (laughs) like that um and and not i i think the actors are a different story maybe but like I, i think he's like sort of nailed people being just unlikable enough and just camera aware enough and opportunistic enough that you don't I don't necessarily feel like a like more morality like squeakiness, even though we're supposed to. I'm just yeah, my no, consciousness is clean. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. it definitely helps. Um, it's much better when bad things happen to people that you don't you know you're not into. Um, <laughs> if they were you know sympathetic characters, that would make the whole thing a little bit more unseemly for sure. Um, and yeah, the actors like forget about like you know they're you know you're an actor in Hollywood. You're just like they're on HBO. Like they're good. Yeah. This is exactly their dream. I'm sure. Yeah. These these actors are all like they're doing whatever it takes because they want to be on. A, they see HBO cameras, as he says. And indeed, yeah. they are. Actors in Hollywood have done worse for less. So, you know, yeah. these guys are just fine. And while I agree with Ali and, and you, I, I do wonder, you know, on Nathan, for you, what's the total number of hours of film that they had for like these random small business owners? Was it 20 hours, 30 hours for Angela? They have hundreds. And so, you know, does it make it a bit easier to to create that narrative if, if they so desire. Yeah, and also we know they went back in time at least once. So who the hell knows how many times they did that? Be like, oh, let's do ages like 9 to 13 again. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly it's becoming about Nathan more than about Angela. So which yeah. is where we were always going, right? Like, I mean, the, the, the final episode, which Av, you and I have not seen, is called Pretend Daddy. Mm-hmm. I honestly, well, I don't even remember anything beyond this. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because... Because Ali said something a few minutes ago, which I did not react to, because I thought it was very prescient for next episode. But oh, I don't remember anything at all. Yeah. Now I want to know. <laughs> well, well, you'll, you'll know. You'll know on Friday night. I don't, honestly, I don't even remember what I just said. So <laughs> it's like I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I made care. I made a point of you know whatever. Next next week, I'll reference it. Um, I look forward right. to listening. So yeah, so so let's let's jump in, and you know my first comment on the very first scene is. I think I've mentioned before that that the music on this show sort of reminded me of the music for Succession. Interesting. Um, okay, yeah. The music in the beginning of this episode actually reminded me very much so of Light of the Seven by Ramin uh, Jawadi, which is the music from the first scene of The Winds of Winter. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, in, yeah, no, I know that. Is, yeah. yeah, which is like a sort of legendarily great score. Um, and yeah, if it, it, the, the, the music, if you play the, the first scene, it, it reminds me of that. It's sort of this like impending sadness and building up very seriousness and you know anyway so i like and maybe that'll be the outro music for this episode because it's good music very cool um yeah so we get this whole uh i guess the, the titular uh, fielder method and with this acting mm-hmm. class um where he has hired actors for the purpose of each of them choosing a member of the public to you know follow and stalk and learn everything about them and their mannerisms and their personality and then, uh, you know, I guess they're going to report back at some point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as Ali was saying before, like, it's just we're jumping forward, like, several levels with every episode. Like, 
the the fielder's method class is already ridiculous but then we see the fake fielder method class with the fake nathan being played by an actor <laughs> right. while nathan plays another actor who's in the fielder method class and like the people the all the other people in that scene like okay so all the other people in that scene had to have seen the first version in order to portray the people they're portraying right in dress, in actions. Because I, su- I suppose, right. Yeah. So they all know that Nathan Fielder, the guy behind all this, is now sitting next to them. <laughs> right. But they, but they can't react. So they're being natural, but they're being not natural, but they're actors. It's 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 very confusing. The, the thing to me, and when I said it, like, jumped away from the conceit, is, like, what's interesting about it is, like, when it, when it first started, I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's one of the first thoughts I had in the first episode is, like, this actor who comes to play fake Trish. Is her name Trish? Like, yeah. like what an insane casting call that is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or the people who are playing the fake people. Like, and so that's a cool thing to sort of, like, step back to, but... It's the idea that you could be that you could understand that Nathan could understand the actor's experience by sitting in the same class that he taught and suddenly understand his point of view misses the mark for me like that, like just that concept that like, oh, I suddenly understood what I had been asking him to do by asking someone to ask me to do it, I think falls flat i think that's like not really true but i enjoyed like the message he's trying to get across about empathy and perspective i just don't think like there's any world he would gain any perspective by sitting in his own class in a wig (laughs) no i i mean i completely agree i mean mean, he acknowledges that i guess right because he immediately realizes well i still don't really understand thomas or what he is so i need to go i need to go deeper and that's where the rest of this episode goes but to me, he's still doing the thing that's kind of been just like nagging me since the beginning of the show is that like he just seems to think that like by creating the trappings of the situation, you're experiencing the same thing that that person did when like that person's bringing a lifetime of experiences and personality to the situation that is just like completely not in the calculation for what you can accomplish in these rehearsals. Yeah, it's again, it's just my my favorite line he says, and I think Ali does reference this is at one point he says, and I wondered if I was going far enough, <laughs> which is like, you know, the the answer to Nathan is always no. And to the rest of us is always like, you've already gone so much further. We don't even know how to react. So, <laughs> well, once you're in, you're in. Yeah. And, and sorry, just because I, I first thought they were all the same class, but were they all the same class or were they actors in the second class? They're all actors. They, he hires actors to play the original actors. Okay. So it's not the same people all sitting in the class a second time. No, they're all different people got who it, are her it, meant it, to look okay, like yeah. the first people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's totally. And, and again, like every minute just becomes more and more insane <laughs> until he, until he says, until he becomes Thomas 24 seven. You know, and like this guy who's this actor who, you know, is okay with whatever because he wants to get on the show on HBO. He hands over his keys to this guy who's like taking over his life. And I don't even think he knows that because he's busy taking over someone else's life. (laughs) Well, that I mean, that is, I would say, the first time in the four episodes that I felt squeaked out when he goes into the apartment, which like for all we know, isn't the guy's real apartment. Like we don't know that. But like if I'm if I think I'm I'm will. I want to accept what's on the screen as fact. So he goes into this apartment and finds all those like plush stuffed animals and whatever, yeah. like under the guise of like, I'll water your plants, not I'll live in your apartment while you're living here. Like 
that was a little bit of an overstep. Well, yeah, but he says, I'm going to water your plants on screen. But, you know, I'm sure the guy signed a thing that gave him permission to go to his house. And, you know, oh, of course. But like, but to your point, like, I think that was probably a very accurate (laughs) uh, version of the consent waiver when it gets given to Nathan. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone's signing it. It's on page. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Although it's very not standard, Uh, you know. But like when he says nothing like, about this, is I'm back in L.A. in my real house with my real black and white toilet. Like, you know, so maybe like some maybe the Jim Crowley's the world don't believe that. I think, no, this is also a set. But I, I'm going to choose to believe that this is his real apartment with his real black and white toilet. And if he's lying to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, why wouldn't it be like that's a stupid thing? Well, uh, why? Because why anything? Like, <laughs> no, but like, that no, doesn't add anything like that doesn't bother. Like it to me, it's, well, you it might not the, want your it, real house on television, you know, but is it your is it the actor's real apartment? Which actor? Yeah, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, no. We're, I thought Alex was talking about. Nathan's no, I was. Well, you are, but, but I'm you're saying, saying, why wouldn't it be? Then why wouldn't it be Thomas's also? It, oh, right. It, I guess know, it's sort of the same thing for both. Well, I, I get. Well, one like the the bid is ruined if it's not really Thomas's apartment. Whereas, like, why would you go to the trouble of making a fake apartment for what's supposed to be his his own apartment in L.A.? Also, doesn't like Nathan Who's... make better money than living in that apartment? Like, didn't we see his apartment? Before he moves the cats or no, I feel like I saw a different. Why do we assume? Um, and I just Google it, it says Nathan Fielder's net worth is four million dollars, according to celebrity net worth dot com, which is right. always accurate, obviously. That's solid. But, you know, I don't know how much, you know, can you buy well, a recently apartment? divorced? I don't know where he's yeah. living. Like, also, I feel like the lower amount of money the person has, the less reliable that is. Sure. Yeah. Like, there's no way, you know, someone has four million, like yeah, yeah. hundreds of millions. Four million can mean anywhere from, from four hundred thousand to six <laughs> right. million or whatever. Yeah. Um, And apartments are really expensive in L.A. So I don't know. That, that apartment yeah. looks fine. I always joke about we meet my friends here. We have like, you know, there's some people where it's like. They, you know, they make somewhere between like forty thousand and five hundred thousand dollars, but there's no way to know more precise than that. Sure, yeah, I, yeah, I. I don't know anyone. We know are between wait, that range. Between forty thousand and five hundred thousand, but there's no way to know in between that. Yeah, because they're insane. like in like some business or something. All right, this feels like more of an Akiva conversation than a me conversation. <laughs> Fair. All right, yeah, probably not the people that you know as much. Yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We can move on. That's fine. Um, yeah. So we have anything more on this whole uh, Thomas situation? I mean, yeah. Like he gets the same job. He's living in his apartment. He hires, he hires actors to play the actors. That's, so I didn't even get this because okay, first so te- he moves into Thomas's yeah. apartment. Then he wants to go live in the <laughs> fake apartment that Thomas is living in. Is that what happens? To realize yeah. how so difficult it is being Tex displaced. and Matt are the fake roommates for Thomas's fake apartment. And then uh, which he is, has which fake... is the guy that which is the real is, is modeled after the apartment of the guy that Thomas has been guy. following. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then and then we have a fake Tex and a fake Matt who are fake, fake roommates for right. Nathan being fake, Thomas being fake. Yeah. Okay. And then this is where, again, my one criticism of this episode really is just that this strays from the, like, whereas the situation where he creates the fake scenario with the grandfather and whatever is so ridiculous, but like genius for the point. And this is like, it's completely inconsequential to the roles that they're playing that they would know the character, quote unquote, so deeply. And even what they're doing doesn't allow them to know the character at all. And I know that's like sort of the point, but for me, it fails a bit because it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a crazy way of addressing like an important point. It's just kind of a crazy way 
to be crazy. Yeah, and like kind of like building on what you're saying, like he's trying to understand the real Thomas, right? Like that's the point of this exercise, right? Like he, you know, he's this guy is struggling in his class. He's trying to connect with him. He's trying to understand where he's coming from. So understanding his experience of the fake reality that you've constructed for him provides no insight into the real Thomas. Like he should be like trying to recreate his Thomas's childhood and adolescence, and to, to understand so who not Thomas going is. far enough. It, it, like it says, <laughs> well, he's not doing true. anything really. I mean, he's doing this whole thing. It's very entertaining, but like it doesn't provide any insight into actual Thomas if that's what he's trying to do. Well, it, it does provide insight into actual Thomas going through the scenario that Thomas is going through now. But yes, he doesn't have Thomas's previous thirty years of life. But he's experience. the one who who is making him do that. Like that's not relevant. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, yeah, but really... he's but he's speculating how Thomas feels while doing the thing that Nathan is making him do. Right. But okay. he has no way to, do, but, but I think what I'm saying is like the, the vantage point he's taking is still Nathan's perspective. Like sitting in the scenarios that right. Nathan has created as Nathan trying to imagine what Thomas would be right. as is not to actually Thomas. achieving that. But I think the, when Nathan is at his most brilliant, it's he's doing the craziest route to get to a very logical or reasonable right. end. And that was Nathan for you. And that's the show to a certain extent. And here it's, it's not, like that's not really being achieved because the like bullet point at the end that I'm going to understand Thomas or the actors are going to understand and be better for the show is like not actually being achieved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love this show. It's no, uh, me too. super I, entertaining I, and thrilling. It's just like, I don't really always follow where he's going with things. And maybe that's the point is that now yeah. the end, the, the end that's being achieved is Nathan's own realization. So it's like, that's what your guys have been saying. It's like okay to get away from like the plot, but I just like that that's been happening as a side effect of like still taking the steps to like achieve the show's quote unquote conceit. But I still, but like that's a criticism of this episode, and it's not the most successful episode for me. Love the show, love the series. Yeah, yeah, I disagree. At this point in my notes is when I, in you know, spoiler alert for the end of the episode, is when I just wrote down five pretties there's nothing else like th like this on television <laughs> this is perfect no so. but like don't get me wrong i came on and said we're watching a genius like the genius yeah. of our time like again it's it's nitpicking what i have said is a, and then took back but now i'm saying again is a perfect show yeah right. I, I just like he's Yes, obviously, the only way to fully 100% understand someone's perspective is to live their entire life, you know, perfectly from the beginning. No, that's not even what I'm saying. Like he should have he should have like stopped at like Thomas's real apartment <laughs> instead of saying, no, I need to understand what Thomas's fake apartments. I agree. Once I mean, he he's, moved he's just trying time, to live. Like... He's trying to live in Thomas's life in his current life as much as he can. That's not his current life. That's the life that Nathan made up for him. But yeah, also, but, but that that is his current life now. <laughs> Alex, like, know, how no... is how is Thomas reacting to what Nathan is making up for him? And the only way to know is to try and be Thomas as Nathan. I, I up it's also I the most insane thing <laughs> that Nathan would have to get displaced from Thomas's real apartment into a fake apartment with roommates to understand that, wow, it's a big ass to ask somebody to move somewhere for a week. Like, <laughs> yeah, like right. that also is like, Nathan is almost like selling his own intelligence short that it's insulting to me as the audience. Again, yeah. I'm just being forced to take like the devil's advocate opinion here, but I I think that's like an over overdoing it to get to like what is a very obvious understanding. Okay, that's true. all right. Should we should we uh, field another method on three before we move on to part two? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. One, two. Three. <laughs> the uh, most interesting part of the field of like what is successful to me is when he's sitting 
as Thomas. And he's, again, I don't think this is sort of my critique. I don't think that he needs to sit as Thomas to get, or, or I don't believe that him sitting as Thomas is getting him to these realizations, but the realizations are interesting enough to right. let it stand. So he could have got he, to them anyway, you're saying. Well, he did get to them anyway. Him sitting as Thomas had nothing to do with it, but it's fine for the show. Like, you can't just have the voiceover of him doing nothing. But to say, like, if this is an audition or training for an HBO show, why are we being filmed to, before the show and then like the camera where like that whole internal monologue was very interesting to me yeah it's 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 good self-awareness i feel like for the most part what he's really doing this episode is the things you've been wondering in your head as you've been watching nathan's addressing them head on which is what i why i like this episode so much yeah yeah um so yeah so we we head back home and uh, you just uh, tell me the name of the movie <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nathan comes in and he finds Adam sitting on the couch. And Adam is now nine years older. He's a teenager because uh, mm-hmm. of all the time that Nathan has missed while he was off. Uh, this running guy's, the a, this guy's a great actor. Josh. <laughs> yeah. Joshua. Um, I like the kid. I like the kid who is like, I'm leaving. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love what Angela, they're having like a little family dinner. And Angela's explaining to Josh's Adam that um, the Nathan is, is mainstream. And, and, and Angela is the one who's, uh, you know, off the beaten path. I'm like, yeah, um, how can you be how can Nathan be more mainstream than anyone? I think he is, though, compared to her. I mean, they're, they're both crazy. In their own <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, so... yeah but, but I, I love Josh. I think he's great. Um, you know, the, the, the line of the episode is, of course, as Ob says, you're a fucking disaster, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you see like the light in his eyes when 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 Nathan says to him, you know, out of character for a second, like, hey, you know, think of your friend whose dad has been gone and let's take this to like a harder edge. And for like this 15 year old actor, he's like, oh, wow, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Now. I'm just going to go off. <laughs> yeah. No, but also here, like we literally see like what we were talking about at the top. Right. Like he doesn't like the way that the actor did the scene the first time. So he's like he's like telling him what to do it again, like with this perspective now. Yeah. So like he's getting the result that he wanted. He's showing us that. So, you know, he, I guess he's not trying to hide behind the camera or maybe who, who knows what he's not showing us that's going on. Like, it's, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, this, you know, results to, you know, this time, you know, Adam is uh, all pissed off and he goes running out, they, you know, they're, they have a horrible relationship and uh, Nathan is very depressed and he realizes that, you know, he missed out on a crucial time with his son and he goes to speak to Angela and is like, as you talked about before, um, you know, let's roll things back. Let's go back to him being six again. I want to, you know, give that another shot. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. We, you know, we can make our, you know, teenager six. Like, that's fine. Works for me. Yeah. Um, you just said something that blew my mind that I didn't think about when, like, he has to coach Josh to get the reaction and they're going to run back him coming back in again. And they they approach that in a really good way of, like, Nathan thinking about it. And, like, it's not necessarily like he expected a certain outcome, but now he's thinking about it and they're workshopping it and whatever. But he wa- Nathan walks in like frosty and Josh is in character being like, can I have a hug where that's a really excellent point that maybe like Nathan expected Josh to be weird towards him. And then the voiceover would have been like, my son was weird towards me. I just got in like, as opposed to, and maybe that's where it's like, he has an idea of where he wants it to go. And if the actor doesn't do it, then he's got to address that on camera. Like that's something I didn't consider. Yeah. But I mean, at least they show that to us. I guess. Oh Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, who the hell knows? What? Well, yeah, as I said, like they could have had seventeen takes. when this is just the way they went. Um, the 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 one the one part of the episode that I don't love. What takes me out of it for a minute is when Adam ODs. Nathan's crying is like so fake and so bad. Yeah. My favorite um, part of that is when um, they're looking for him at the park and they're like, oh, we're looking for like a teenager. <laughs> and he's like, oh, we saw an older man. He's like, an older man? No, that would be him. Yeah. I was like, how do you know? Like, yeah. this, this guy ages a year every 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, did you notice, though, that the, the medics are Thomas and all the other yeah. actors from. Oh, the, I did not notice that. That's funny. Yeah. So Thomas and then the um, the lady who played the security guard, I think. The, there's like a young, skinny black girl. Those are the two medics um, who are taking Adam onto the ambulance before he runs away. And yeah, and obviously, okay. I think I, we're we're meant to see that. That's obviously intentional because they're. Well, you know, I mean, if the, if it's in the show, it's intentional. Like, yeah. No, you get a very clean shot of Thomas yeah. walking. Thomas, towards. especially. Yeah, the, the other one we don't That's see funny. as clearly, but yeah, Tom, Thomas is very clear. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he finally tracks him down in a park, and there we get this like really great cinematic shot of like the adults or not adult teenage Adam going down the slide and uh, mm. six-year-old Adam comes out the bottom of the slide and, you know, Nathan goes off with him and then we see old Adam uh, come back out, you know, hanging out with his junky friends in the park. And, 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 uh, and then, and then, but then he says, Hey, are we done? Like he's talking yeah. to like the, like filming right, to the, the film crew, which I love. I just love that back to back because yeah, we just had this artistic scene of, you know, as you said, old Adam enters the slide, young Adam comes out of the slide and then immediately cut to no, no, like we're not, we're not going to be super clean and smooth here. We're also like, you know, we're, we're, we're showing you that we're filming everything and that we're acting. And so I, I love how the episode ends. It's like really. And I think that's like it We're I think we are supposed to grapple with what is real. What is not real. It's very, you know, taking it back to Laguna beach where they did the iconic scene at the end of Laguna beach where Brody and Kristen drive away in separate cars after a fight, cut, they call cut, they they get out of their cars, it's revealed that it's like on a sound stage with a green screen, and Brody and Kristen are like, oh, you want to get lunch? And it's like, oh my God, what was reality? What was TV? What was scripted and whatever? Right. And like that to me was very reminiscent of that, where like so, this whole thing happens. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I don't know what Laguna Beach is, but isn't the Hills, aren't they the ones who famously did that first? Sorry, sorry. The Hills is this continuation of Laguna Beach. So, oh, okay. Yeah, same, same shit. Okay, yeah, because I, I didn't see the Hills, although I think Jen, I assume Jen watched it, but isn't like the famous thing, like the final scene of that show, they cut away to show sort of Truman Show-esque that like it was all like a set. It's every, everything I just described except the Hills instead of Laguna Beach. It's oh. the, yes, that's the show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, uh, no, I thought I think that's great. My one question is, how much does Angela know about the overdose situation that's going to happen, or how much does Nathan know? But you know, like, does she know that that's? I mean, it's obviously scripted, but like, but what? Yeah, what does it even mean that he overdosed? Yeah, well, he's pretending to. But yeah, did he, well, I mean, I think that and I mean, who knows with Angela, but I think a normal person would have to know that like a show would not allow a child to to like, you know, become hospitalized. Nathan is very committed. Yeah. But I mean, there's child labor laws, as we've discussed, right? Like, no, but if the parents sign a waiver that he's allowed to overdose, them. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then and then I think the reason that the show shows us Thomas and the other actor there is just to sort of slightly reassure us like this kid is not actually ODing like this is all part of the the rehearsal. Because sometimes if you are raising a child and, and your spouse is gone for nine years or your co-parent, you know, your child will overdose. So you got to prepare for that. Yeah, you definitely got to be prepared. Yeah. Um, yeah, he does admit at the very end that how, uh, you know, he controlled things too much in this in this one. And that maybe uh, 
took away some of the authenticity. So, um, again, like we don't know what he's telling us, what he's hiding from us, what it's all supposed to mean. Um, hopefully, this comes to some sort of uh, conclusion where you know what's uh, you know where this is all headed. But uh, we'll get there. We got a couple more weeks. Yeah, our beloved Olin Allen, who uh, has not been closing off the postmans as he did in the curb era, but he had a good point in the chat. Also, he said. Um, what's filmed may be reality, but what's edited isn't, and right. that's sort of where where I am on that whole issue. But I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel strongly because I feel like it's designed for us not to feel strongly about anything. So, yeah, I'm not too much about to care. It also doesn't matter to me, right? Like, right. Yeah. It's more impressive to me if this is all orchestrated and appears to be reality. So, and this is what I used to say when people used to tell me reality TV is fake when I used to watch The Hills. I was like. Good then. So is yeah, most like, right. good scripted television. Like right. great. Yeah. yeah. If so you're do, enter- you, do you just not enjoy secession as much because it's scripted? Like it's just right. I don't care. Well, as long as you're as long as you acknowledge that. I think what like annoyed me, uh, like what I you know, not now, but like five, ten years ago, I used to argue with my wife about the shows she was watched, is that she would say, The reason I like these shows is because they are not scripted, is because they are people's real lives. And I was like, but they're not. And, and so like the Hills thing was like, I felt like a point in my favor at the time because she insisted these shows were like authentic. Now, I don't know what I don't know what she meant by that. Maybe it's like people who say wrestling is authentic, you know, like kayfabe and like, they, you know, you, you sort of know. I don't know. But but I do think we've become much more sophisticated about like reality. Now, if this this show 20 years ago would have like like it wouldn't have been it would have been a totally different show. Like this show has to come at this moment when people sort of are a little bit jaded about reality, what what it means to be reality. And so this show can take off from there. This isn't your point at all, but what I would come back to you if I were Dr. Jen arguing with you about it is like the I think the show and the reception to the show has real consequences on those people's lives because they're real people with more real so relationships. Yeah, a hundred. I mean, a hundred percent more than actors. Yeah. But yeah, but what I what, what I just meant in terms of like the show being in 2022 versus like two. No, I, I agree with it. Yeah. It, like when War of the Worlds, like the famous thing, like when War of the Worlds was played on the radio in like 1938 or whatever it was, like the first time there was like a drama on the radio, people were calling in. Uh, people were like terrified in America because they thought there was like bombs falling or whatever in New York City. And like the show kept cutting in to say, like, this is like uh, an, an, a, this is not real life. This is a t- this is a radio program. And like but people were still scared. And so like we don't need. We don't need all those warnings now because now we sort of or like the first time they showed instant replay in a football game and like or a baseball game like 1964 on TV or whatever. Like they had to keep flashing on the screen over and over instant replay, instant replay because people were like, what? I, the same thing just happened again. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like you, 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 this show, this show is built into it that people have a like our veteran television viewers of the last two decades. And I feel like if I showed this show to my parents who are not veteran television showers of the last two decades, they would be so much more confused than like we are or, or most people watching the show are because we, we, we come in with like all these like experiences and understandings of TV that, that are sort of necessary, I think. And that's what Nathan wants to take advantage of. Here's a question I have. How much of the ethos of the show or the perspective of the show do you think is informed by his experience and or the reception and or the criticism of Nathan for you? If any. So, you know, that's... Well, so, okay, so sort of the one big criticism, which is one that I had mentioned, was sort of him taking advantage of, like, these small business owners, usually, like, immigrants, often, like, you know, lower middle class, and, like, here he's made more of an effort, I think, as we've said on this episode, to sort of make these people look like bad guys, or or, or show that these people are bad guys in some respects, or actors, which means that they're totally up for it, 
Um, on the other hand, there was that scathing uh, review in the New Yorker, right, where the guy yeah. just went. And you, do you guys read that? Yeah, I read it. Um... Yeah, I didn't agree with it, but yeah, I, I read it. So, um, I, but but does Nathan care? I'm not sure. It, it's hard to know what Nathan cares. But it, it sounded like in the New York Magazine profile, it sounded like he did care, and that he he didn't want people on the show to be felt like they were taking advantage of on Nathan for you. So I think, I think he has reacted a little bit, but, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm projecting on him what I want his feelings to be. Yeah. I mean, I think he, as you say, he goes to some lengths to show that the people that he's doing this to are not sympathetic. Um, although like he does in this episode specifically have the whole concept of like somebody just like signing an NDA because like, what else am I supposed to do? I want to be in the show. And, you know, what am I going to like? I'm going to mark up the NDA and like argue with the show's lawyer. Like they'll just like hire a different actor. Um, so like he's kind of like showing that like that's kind of a sham that like, OK, you got people's consent, but like they don't really know what they're consenting to. I think this episode to me was like the clearest addressing of the Nathan for you and maybe not just Nathan for you. Right. It, it clearly addresses what's happened in the first three episodes. But I felt like an echoing from Nathan for you days in this episode. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think that's right. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I I love this episode, and I'm so excited to see where we're going next. And 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 I'm a little bit worried now with HBO, you know, uh, canceling already produced eighty million dollar movies or whatever. Like, are, uh, Akiva said to, uh, said to me that there's a, a a much lower chance he thinks of there ever being a second season of this show now, and that makes me worried. Do you think it wouldn't get picked up somewhere else? Maybe. But, you know, like HBO's budget is much bigger than Comedy Central's budget was. And, uh, you know, for Nathan's grander and grander ideas, I think he doesn't need he he wants to have more power than, you know, the limitations that he would have had on like on like a Comedy Central, for example. I think so. the biggest advantage is that the first season's been put out like I think it's um, a harder pitch. For the first season than the second. Yeah, but but how big, you know, it's a show. Yeah, so he's already produced the show and produced it as a quote unquote success. But is it is it is it a success financially for Streetworks? Right, like how many people are watching this? I don't know. I was gonna just ask you that. So yeah, I mean, we all live in in such siloed bubbles now that like you know all the shows that everybody I know is watching are actually watched by less than than the shows that nobody I know is watching. So yeah, this is probably watched by like seven hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> in that case, we got a huge share of them listen to the podcast. I think that's right. I think they all yeah. listen. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? Matthew, <laughs> Ollie, Thomas. Um, do we I'm looking on the wiki? What this I know Av has looked at this before, but this made me really go to Thomas's. I tried to find Thomas's social media, but I couldn't. Oh, you geotagged him. It was on (laughs) it was on his resume, like his like CV or whatever, like an acting website. Yeah, he's got like three TV credits, and one of them is uh, supporting the rehearsal. Well, let's Um, talk about the NDA thing for a second because on the one hand, like core in his interviews is very careful. I can't say anything. They told me not to say anything. But then like Robin or the grandfather from last week are giving extensive interviews everywhere. So like it's not clear to me what people are allowed to say. Are these are these interviews being vetted with the show? Uh, are they just doing whatever they want? Like and the show doesn't care. Like it's not clear to me who's allowed to say what. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, are doing like the interview circuits. It's hard to know. Yeah. But it, but I'm saying, are they doing that and they're violating their NDAs or they're doing it? Right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. Very. You know, even if the show were to give them the OK for the interview, the show's not going to have editorial control over what they say and don't say, right? That's up to the, you know, the 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 media source to conducting the interview. So yeah, I'm right. not sure. No, but you even see that in the Survivor world is that like the interview gets put out and then retroactively gets deleted because if they said the something network wrong. makes a stink about it. I mean, it's also like Nathan Fiedler, HBO, Sue, like 
right some, a, a some man right. they took Thomas. advantage of like yeah. that doesn't really look great but yeah i mean look survivor <laughs> i think it's a little bit different because like it has these long-standing relationships with like the people doing the interviews and like if you piss them off then like you're done on the survivor beat so that's why they have to listen whereas like you know, I don't think Vice gives a shit what Nathan Fielder says. If Nathan Fielder says, "Hey, cut that out of the interview," if Vice is like, "Go fuck yourself," like, what are they going to do? Oh, I can never cover the next forty-two seasons of 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 the rehearsal. You know, that's not. On the flip was. side, do they really care that much about whatever the grandfather in the rehearsal I, has to say? I have no like, idea, but but some people are making a point of saying, "I can't say anything." I signed an NDA, right? Like Core in particular. Yeah. Gonna, so some people honor NDAs and some people don't. So I mean, we think a lot of this. Well, a lot of times you have people sign things so that they think that they sure. they're bound oh, by something, even yeah. if you know they you challenge it. What I are mean, you going to do? That's that's the that's ninety nine point nine percent of disclaimers. Is is the value is just to right. make people think things, not actually to enforce anything. So yeah, right. Um, the IMDb is hilarious here. Um, we <laughs> have Casey Morris and Casey Yee, who are both credited as fake fake roommates. Mm. Yeah, Tex and uh, Tex and um, and Matt. Yeah, we also yeah. have fake Alfreds and fake Talia. I guess are act uh, some of the actors. Two of the right? yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Joshua James Bernard, Adam, age fifteen. Yeah, this is a show I, I haven't really spent too much time on IMDb, like I do on Curb for the episodes, because I feel like those IMDb's will be built out as time goes on. I feel like they're like actively withholding a lot of information now. Yeah, that makes sense. Is what I would suspect. And even like with Curb, like you look at like the new episodes of season 11 as they dropped, they, it, it, IMDb had much less information than an episode two or three or four years ago. Oh, interesting. The actor who played Adam also played a character named Adam on General Hospital, but then he also played a character named Young Sonny on General Hospital. So I don't know what's going on over at General Hospital, which basically is still on in the year the of our Lord 2022. One, is that the one that Stephen, uh, your Lord, is that, uh, is that the one that Stephen A. Smith is on? Stephen A. Smith is on general is on a soap opera. Stephen A. Smith has had like a long running role as like a lawyer on a soap opera for years. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did Go- not Google that. this. It's wild to watch the clips. Pretty good actor. I think this has been discussed in the Thirty Two Fans Patreon chat before. Uh, anyway, General Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good guess by me. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. Uh, so, are we ready for our ratings for this episode? I think so. All right, Allie, Why don't you go first? Sorry, I, I'm just like skimming through this interview with uh, the actor. I, I mean, one? I think the, the grandfather, grandfather? It, it's, oh, yeah. it's also like the other thing is like he was an actor. Like to me, the contract that he would sign potentially or his negotiation power, although still small, is different than like the the amateur person who's like coming on the show to like rehearse for their brother's conversation. But, anyway. but, but is it? But I mean, they probably went through 100 people to find the guy who'd be, you know, I don't know. Well, also, someone who's like a real actor is just also going to be more of a pro about it, right? Because like, he, he was not a real actor. He was like he was an old FBI FBI agent or something or DTF or what? What? It, like, no, but he's also saying DTF. like I was told exactly just his the knowledge he had. He was like what I was told was what I saw on the show. Like right. I was yeah. he wasn't duped. So like of course he could do it. Inter- like what are they? What is he? Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. He doesn't have any skeletons. Yeah. I did not realize. So one of the uh, producers or writers or you know creatives behind this is Carrie Kemper, who is uh, Ellie Kemper's sister. sister. Mm. Yeah, Erin for The Office. Yeah. So might we see some Ellie Kemper on here? Yeah, she was a writer on The Office apparently, um, and on Nathan for You, and now I guess on uh, whatever. I don't even know what writers do on this show, but uh, something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I now I'm becoming the the pounding drum like. 
there's just this is not an un quote unquote unscripted show. Yeah, like this could this is too good and too genius of a show. Right. Uh, to be to left me, to chance. Nathan's yeah. just Nathan's general musings. He goes into a booth and just like kind of says what he's thinking and vice right. and, and sees where things go. Okay, rating. Oh, so this is tough. Like I feel like you guys talked about this with Curb. Am I rating this one to five pretties compared to like the average television show, or am I comparing it to the field of the field fielder of what I've seen? It's up to you. You're, you're comparing it to the average episode of Curb. <laughs> <laughs> my, okay, my gut instinct. Based on these four episodes, I would say the first three were five pretties, and this to me was three. But oh. after discussing it and comparing it to to not just the like, it's still so. I'm going to bump it to three and a half pretties. Mm, okay, and I already said I, I for me it's pretty, 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 pretty good. The, this episode is the best one so far to me. Yeah, I'm going to split the difference, I guess. Um, I'm going to come in at a pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties. Um, down a little bit from last week, which was my favorite. Uh, but still a lot of crazy shit going on here, and I'm here for all of it. I agree. Last week was my favorite in that it's like they showed just, and I know you guys already talked about this, but they talk, showed just the right amount of the rehearsal and the other stuff. Like, it just, I, I couldn't believe how genius they were at doing that. What was probably too long, stretched almost about too long in the first episode, was like wrapped up perfectly in the third. And I just, I can't say enough about the genius behind the show. Like it or not, like this is a genius, genius show. Yeah. Oh, come on, be a come with guy. Allie, who is your come with guy or gal? I think my come with guy has to be Thomas because like, <laughs> I mean, everybody, all of the actors are going through these insane hoops. But the fact that it, it, like it pushed it over the edge for me when Thomas shows up as the ambulance, the <laughs> like that is come with he is taking every job, every opportunity, even when he is aware that it's strange. Mm. And Ab, what about you? Um, I come with guy is Josh's friend. Um, who is having sex at 13, doing all the cool drugs. <laughs> guys having a great time. Okay. Um, I, I assumed you guys were going to go with Joshua because as Adam, because he does a really fantastic job. Um, so I guess I'll go with him. But I do want to give a special shout out to Fake Tex and Fake Matt because they are playing fake, fake roommates who had to trail <laughs> around two other no-name actors who were playing Tex and Matt just to impersonate them. And the amount of, t- of time and energy that went into seeing these guys on screen for less than five seconds <laughs> right. makes me so, so happy because we see fake text and fake Matt on the screen for literally, I think, like 2.1 seconds or something like that. But we know like an insane amount of prep went into that. Um, and so uh, I love that. And I do love you, it for them because they got do you think the real fake roommates realized that they were being <laughs> followed by two other dudes who were doing the same exact thing that they were doing? I think the people watching this show are finding out as they're watching it, just like we are. And, and I think they're probably tickled pink and they probably think it's hilarious. Yeah, Some might be weirded out, but I think 90% of them, especially the actors, they think it's amazing. No, so you think but none of them realized while they were following someone that someone else was following them, following the other guys. Okay, so um, Av, you, you and I have a, a mutual former friend, let's say acquaintance uh, in common, <laughs> who, you know, he would always, and I think I've told you this before, but if not, I'll tell you on the air, like when he and I were hanging out, he would always like say terrible things about you. And, oh, okay. and, it, and, it, and it would make me realize, like, and it would make me realize as he was doing that, Oh, and when he's hanging out with Av, I'm sure he's saying terrible things about me. And because like that was sort of like that guy's thing. So like if you think about it, and so it's the same here. Like if you think about it, it's like, well, if they're doing this to me, they're probably doing this about me also. Like if I'm doing this, someone else are probably doing it about or they could be doing it about me. I don't know if they know. And so if you think about it like that, yeah, they probably could have known or should have known. 
but in the moment you're not really thinking about that because you're sort of in the moment does that make sense it makes complete sense that uh thank you for this on-air revelation oh okay yeah <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and you can't yeah yeah no he's yeah yeah he's a bad person it's fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, speaking of... You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. Uh, who's the fucking asshole of this episode? Good segue. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback off uh, Ali's come with guy, and I'm going to say Thomas is the fucking asshole. There's like 12 people in this class, and they're all able to execute this assignment, <laughs> except for one guy who can't do anything right, needs to have a whole episode devoted to his failure, so he's the fucking asshole of this well, episode, but did for sure. He, did he not understand it, or did Nathan just, <laughs> just decide, I'm going to make this guy the main character of the people in the class? Well, I guess we'll never know that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> for the story we were told, everyone was doing just fine. They were, you know, one guy was spinning the p- the pizzas, the other yeah. one's cutting hair. Thomas has no idea what's flying. Yeah. Uh, mean, my fucking the- asshole is is Nathan, the dad who abandoned his son for nine years and drove him to a life <laughs> of sex and drugs and ODing. So Nathan, bad dad. But then he gets to start over, which we don't get to in real life. So you get to hit I, the restart button. I want to defend Thomas just because wow. I agree with Alex that it's like, you know, his biggest crime is that he didn't like linger with the people like long enough to he on day one, maybe he didn't understand the depths he was supposed to go for the assignment. And that's the teacher's (laughs) fault. And I think Nathan realizes that when he changes the direction of a class in the next episode. Yeah. Um, He doesn't like lying to people, right? Neither does Nathan. (laughs) Honorable mention for the come with guy, I think that's also the fake Nathan teacher. Like that's a weird role to be in. Um, But anyway, I think that effing asshole is Angela still to me. I really, this woman rubs me the wrong way. Mm. And I haven't been able to say it in the last three episodes. You run me the wrong way. (laughs) Effing asshole. That's not the award. (laughs) Fucking asshole. Oh, (laughs) how often do you drop F-bombs on on podcasts? Not so often. Uh, Back if here's here's an inside track. Back in the day, like when I first started, I cursed a lot more on podcasts. And then when I was like, because I was just out of college when this started. And as I was like, wait, I might. People might listen to this in my <laughs> professional life, and now I curse right. a lot less. Mm, I see. Almost never. But you know, in real life, I curse quite a bit. And people in your professional life are cursing also, I'm sure. I was going to say, you know I curse a lot in real life, but I don't think we talk outside of a recorded medium, so yeah. <laughs> that was incorrect. Fair, yeah. You always um, like to record Chester when you're having a conversation yeah. with him. All right, good, are, we, uh, are, we ready, are we ready for the Postman out? Well, did we get Ali's fucking also? Oh, right, we did. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we just went out of order. Okay. Well, we got, um, her, we got her effing asshole. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, postman time. Postman! Postman, come here! here Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! We got some new postmitters this week. One is uh, very, very long. We'll see if we read the whole thing. I guess we do have a, a policy that we do, so I guess we should. Well, um, the delicate genius has a policy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, first up is Will Lane, who says he watched the first four episodes today and wanted a podcast to listen to. Just wanted to say that the name change help me find you guys. There you go. That's what's called marketing. Hmm. Branding. And how did he know? Did he look prior previously and didn't find it? <laughs> well, I, he was looking for a podcast about the rehearsal, I guess. Right. So he typed but how rehearsal. did he know that the name changes what made him find it? Oh, maybe he um, was, ahead, just did, keep going. Wait, did he watch all four episodes or he listened to all four episodes of this podcast about the four episodes of rehearsal or both? Um, it looks like he's only listened to through episode two of us at the time of his email. Uh, okay. Um 
Yeah. Well, the, the the podcast is now called Pretty 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 Good, a podcast about Curb and the rehearsal. So I think he probably just uh, you know inferred that previously we didn't have the rehearsal in the episode title until three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, A.B. Sutton writes in, and this one is very long, so let's say we'll, uh, let's say we'll skim this. Uh, he says he's been to the episodes two and three, and then all three episodes of the pod. Here are some of my thoughts. Uh, oh, he says, no read to read any or all in a mailbag unless something interests you. All right, well, I guess we'll just skim. Uh, he said he was very in on episode one, despite being it slow, and then the low stakes didn't bother him because it's more about the process, but that turned out to be his favorite so far. He likes listening to these podcasts much more than Curb, even though he liked that a lot. Some of this is personal to me. I'm watching the episodes before listening, which helps. I didn't do that with Curb because I'm doing yeah. a lot of rewatching these days. But a new Nathan Fielder show was something I was almost certainly going to watch in any case. There's so many new shows and I still have to get to that rewatching seems like a waste of all time. Good. You don't like what? You don't like Curb. Got it. <laughs> Second and more importantly, I like the way Alvin and Alex are reacting to truly new and surprising material rather than rewatching, uh, even though we're not because we saw a little bit ahead, but fine. Uh, everything is new. Um, I like that it's not a straight walkthrough of the plot the way Curb was. Good, you know, team good for Team Alex. He likes just, you know, jumping all over the place like a maniac. Um, all right. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think Chester referred to Jimmy McGill as Jimmy McKeon or something. Did anyone else catch that? Big if true. He gave episode one four pretties. He gives episode two, three and a half pretties. To be clear, the episode of the podcast he's giving these pretties to, or the episode? <laughs> um, of the show? I think it's episodes of the show, uh, but he'll have to get back to us. Uh, maybe he hired fake people to listen to listen to the podcast for him. Um, so we'll have to find out if they liked it. Um, he says the parents of the kids are the fucking assholes, but at the same time, I'd happily give any of my kids away. Raise them as you will. <laughs> he has a, he has four boys, so understandable. <laughs> that was funny. Um, episode three, Gold Digger. <laughs> he uh, he loves Nathan's face during the anti-Semitic comment. He recognizes TV Gold. Get a life juice. Um, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. He gives episode three four pretties. The podcast is better than the show. It gets four and a half pretties. I love that we're keeping fucking asshole and come with guy, but I think we could safely drop the celebrity cameo. They're just not applicable to the show. P.S. I thought that just occurred to me. I have no idea what form this would take, but somehow the pod should do a meta rehearsal to the audience, fabricating a guest that doesn't exist. For a run through, I have to think this over. All right, well, you get back to us about that. And once that idea is fully formed, Alex, any uh, feedback on AB's idea? Um, I actually had an idea that I was going to tell you after this episode, but I don't want to say it on the air because I. Oh, I okay. Know. Well, this is kind of like the Renap idea that I suggested, where you and Kelly White have to prepare Robin Akiva for some rehearsal podcast. But uh, that didn't really go anywhere. Um. Okay, Michael Beveridge writes in. He says, "Come with guy is Joshua, aka Adam, fully committed to the role, extremely believable. Honorable mention to all the students willing to stalk in the name of acting. Fucking asshole is Nathan. Leaves his kid child for nine years and tries to return like everything's normal. His only redeeming quality is that he isn't a snitch." Um, oh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rating. He says, "I find the show hard to rate as I spend most of it asking, what am I watching?'" Also, the episodes all feel connected in a way I don't understand yet, and not just through the end of the storyline, making it hard to rate them individually. That being said, this was my favorite episode so far, particularly how meta it got, so I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Random fact I found while reading about the episode, Joshua's dad is Maurice Bernard, an actor who has been on General Hospital since 1993. Oh, so I guess that's how he got the General Hospital name. 
Um, Jim Crumley says, with the fielder method, the rehearsal dove even deeper into its own belly button, and I am here for it. I'm not sure how to count how many levels deep this show goes now, but this episode was fun. The fielder bit method was great. I'm sure I'm not sure how much Thomas was coached off screen on what he should be doing, but the show blended that storyline in masterfully, and he gives it four and a half out of five. Come with guy, he says, Thomas, while we don't know what Thomas was privy to, he did a great job dealing with the nonsense. I think you may make it, kid. And the fucking asshole is Adam, age 15, just because your fake father disappears for nine fake years and your instantation <laughs> of uh, instantiation of Adam has never met him, other than that one time that you decided to cancel and do over, does not give you the right to become a fake druggie and break your fake, fake, fake co-parents, fake hearts. For nine uh, fake years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nine years was really 45 minutes. <laughs> Um, oh. All right, and we end off with Zach Brooks, who says, somehow the rehearsal is a more complicated HBO show than Westworld. The show is so layered and crazy, rehearsals on top of rehearsals, I feel like we've got to be building towards a divorce rehearsal pile- plot in the finale. I'm really glad we went back to the woman fake-eating chicken. Love this episode, and it broke my brain. Full five pretties for ambition. Come with guy is Thomas, maybe unknowingly, but I love the scenarios watching Nathan act like Thomas. And the fucking asshole is Angela's dad, generational trauma man. Yeah. All right, that is our mailbag. Although, if not for Angela's dad, Angela's probably not on the show. So, thank you for uh, traumatizing your daughter <laughs> for our entertainment. All right, all right, all right. So, are we looking? Are we looking ahead? Yeah, so let, let's look at next week. Watch the uh, quick little HBO preview, and then we can speculate based on 20 seconds. Oh, hi. Hi, I'm here to see the doctor. I'm Dr. Bart. Can I have a seat? <laughs> so we're trying to raise stuff. him together. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot I don't know. This is all sort of absurd, right? Maybe you should make a list for me of all the things that are satanic so that I know when I'm doing something how to avoid them. All right, Allie, what's your reaction to that? You know, it is interesting because I do feel like Nathan is always in the position of going along with what the rehearsal person like subject wants like all of this light like he's exploring that this episode or maybe it was last i watched both episodes today so i might be conflating them but like you know the agriculture and the irrigation and it's it's like he's living out her dream of life maybe does this show nathan like taking a more active role and worrying about his rehearsal more than angela's interests it's interesting um, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like from that clip, we're going to go back to six-year-old Adam to give Nathan another chance at parenting. But it also looks like we're getting some major conflict in the Nathan-Angela relationship. They were arguing there for sure. Um, we, we see Nathan with a yarmulke uh, praying in synagogue. So <laughs> With the sun. Yeah. So we might get some uh, some Jewish content. So all we need is sex and sports, right? Yeah. We had Larry go to shul in, in season 11. So now Nathan goes to shul. I like it. Yeah. And um, yeah. So... Uh, and that this the episode is called Apocalypto, by the way. So very uh, Breaking Bad-esque title, I think. Uh, very serious and dark, Apocalypto. Yeah, we should figure out what all the first letters of the episode titles spell. Yeah. I just um, left you guys a five-star review on iTunes. Other wow. people oh, wow. do the same. Uh, I mean, Apocalypto, it, it sounds like very traumatic, does it not? Stepping right on my plug. 
for your own. <laughs> oh, are you, are you, are you going to read it? Read, read the review? No, I mean, you, it'll, I just wrote really very nice and good. <laughs> um, five stars. But no. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm wondering if that goes to like uh, Angela's beliefs more than it goes to. Mm. Oh, that's true. But yeah. who knows? I, I do like how he says, uh, why don't you just give me the list of everything that's satanic? <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be very helpful. Yeah. Um, give me a list of things I'm not supposed to do, and I just yeah. won't do them. Uh, I, 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 sus- I suspect that the list is ever growing and is uh, very <laughs> flexible based on her. Uh, yeah, I like that we're going back to the Satanism. Like, that wasn't just a one time thing. Well, we're going back to six year old Adam, also, right? So. Right, yeah. so that's why that's what that's where the Satanism lives during yeah. so, Adam's younger years. I'm I'm super pumped, but a little sad that we only have two of these left because um yeah, I definitely want more of the rehearsal. Uh, how are they going to wrap this all up? There's not enough time. I mean, it's another genius scene that we didn't talk about. Just to go back for a second, it's like mm-hmm. when she's picking in the garden and he's like explaining, like, "Wow, like what a joy it must be to be a person who just like picks and chooses what works for them." And because she's saying, like, "Oh, well, that's Titanic too," and then that's, "Oh, that's because Google's lying." That's because Google, <laughs> like, it's that's run by Satanists. I just thought that was like an incredibly relevant, sadly very topical commentary. Again, just just chef's kiss. And I am, yeah. too, I also am sad. I didn't know it was only six episodes until today, and I'm sad yeah well it'll certainly be exciting to see where things end up uh, we have two more episodes to go which i'm sure will be two episodes filled with all sorts of insanity that we still have ahead of us yep i'm sure next week's will be <laughs> can i trigger the end of the episode <laughs> yeah well we're actually not doing that anymore technically but you know we could do that Get a life juice.
Thank you.